Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. There are you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia-holics and hardcore members of the IWC, and all you casual fans who only watch pro wrestling on the TV. Thank you for downloading the WrestleManiacs podcast. My name is Alex Ketcham, and as always, I'm here with the man with the plan, producer Bob Wick. Bob, how you doing? We're going to get down today, baby. Indeed we are, Bobby. And the captain of Keeping It Real, Jake Russell. What up, though? Greetings from Detroit. That's right, people. Hope you're having a great day. It is cold and rainy up here right now, but we are happy to talk about Bret Hart and Steve Austin, the after effect. First of all, Bob, I'd like to congratulate you on a successful snow day event at Go Comedy. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, there was a, I was there for half the time when I was trying to be there the whole time, but man, that just <laughs> taught me that I am not in college anymore and it's not as easy as you think it is. You did pretty good, man. 6 a.m., you know, you've, that's, a, that's a good uh, good marker, you know. Uh, I was there a lot longer than that, but I mean, what you did was pretty okay. <laughs> just fucking with you. No, it's pretty cool. Like I average, really. and like honestly, big props for everybody who stayed or showed up when they could and put the time in. Uh, Snow day is my baby, and I think we talked a little bit about it on the podcast. But it's a 26-hour improv marathon we do at Go Comedy every year um, to raise money for the Gilda House of Detroit, which to me is just one of the greatest uh, charities, like local charities that we have, just because they take care of people who have cancer or, or the families of people who have cancer. And if anybody had to deal with that in their lives, it's rough. So to be able to use our art to make people laugh and to raise money for a great cause, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, and it just means a lot to me. So thank you for, for, for coming out. Jake, too, man. Everybody came out. All hands on deck for this one. Yeah, there was a lot of improvisers I'd never seen before, but they were all really good, and it was really entertaining while I was there. And I was awake the whole time, so I saw everything. <laughs> awesome. Everything. I also like to thank uh, Gabber Media, like not only for for Snow Day, which they help sponsor, and they're always really cool to us, but for for sponsoring this uh, this podcast itself. Like, there's no WrestleManiacs without Gabber. So if you like what you hear on our podcast, also check out the other offerings from Gabber Media. There's a, a lot of cool stuff on there. Yep, GabberMedia.com. Yes, sir. The Roach Coach. It's a. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, one of the gifts, though, right? The, with a snow yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Roach Coach perform live. Uh, there's another um, show called Matters, where it's Matt Rose and Matt Noss, uh, who Matt Noss is the founder and owner of Gabber Media, uh, do a podcast about their friendship and other local things, and they have people on there as guests. So you could win a you could have won a spot with them. Um, and there's uh, tales from the, the oh God, transmissions the from the dark, from the dark side. side. I always want to say tales because that's what they talk about. Transmissions from the dark side, where if you're an '80s kid like I am, uh, and you and for one of the nights of the week when my dad wasn't watching Highway to Heaven, I got to watch Tales from the Crypt. So that was my show, and they go through all like the '80s anthology horror stuff, and you know, talk about it, break it down, kind of like what we do with wrestling, but different. <laughs> And there's a, a bunch of other cool stuff on there. So check out uh, GabberMedia.com. I love the 80s horror. I'm a big fan of horror yeah, in general. Too. And then I've, I've listened to a lot of the episodes of Matters, a couple of them you were on. And that's, that's actually a really cool little show. It's people's just real talk, real lives, yeah. and some funny stories. You know, I mean, I, I like it because I know both guys, but 
it's just a great show because it's relatable. You know, like it's two best friends who are in another chapter of their lives, still connecting. And it's not always about the good old days. It's like what good days do they have now. And how it's, you know, it's, it's really cool. Yep. So guys, when you get a chance, check out GabberMedia.com and check out some of our brother and sister podcasts. They're all really entertaining and I'm sure there's something for everybody, including the WrestleManiacs out there. So this week we got a bonus episode for all you folks out there. And okay. All right. Yeah. And on our bonus episode, we're going to be bonus. 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 We will be discussing the Bret Hart, Steve Austin. Bonus. 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 In your mouth. In your mouth. Weird. What the fuck was that? In your mouth. In your mouth. Bonus in your mouth. In your mouth. Bonus in your mouth. In your mouth. Fuck was that, Bob? I don't know. You just said it. Yeah, I did. Fuck you. Whatever. Fuck you. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry. You can trust us. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you sure? All right. All right. So this week, we're going to be discussing the Bret Hart-Steve Austin match and the impacts and the aftermath of set, you know the legendary match. They Bonus! I was done that time, but <laughs> I was done. Rule three. Now I'm done. All right. Oh, fuck, man. All right. Okay. Now, now I'm All actually, right. I'm, right. I'm annoyed with you right now, Alice. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm All annoyed right. with him. So the impact of the Bret Hart. Motherfucking bonus. Oh. <laughs> God damn it. All right, that one actually surprised me. I figured somebody was fucking me before, but. Well played, well played. That make me laugh at all. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. Make me laugh. I enjoy how much you guys get yeah. enjoyment out of that. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, I don't it's, know. it's the little things in life. It's stupid. Anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Please go. Continue. Well, WrestleMania 13, we just released the episode last week, mm-hmm. and we talked about the legendary match that Bret Hart and Steve Austin had with the double turn. Yeah. But I kind of want to take a little bit deeper dive this week and discuss how this match and the results of the match, I guess continue, the story continued between Bret and Austin, and how this impacted the WWF and wrestling in general at the time. Well, because this is like the beginning of one of the most important eras of wrestling, right? But we had we had the Hogan era, but I think this really broadened the appeal of wrestling to a lot more people than ever before. You know, this is the 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 Monday Night Wars era, and I don't know if you guys remember, but wrestling was everywhere. Yeah, I mean, was. wrestling's big now, yeah. just because there's so much of it. But at that time, you it, like, it was huge. It was the most popular thing on TV. I'm pretty sure. I mean. The best thing was, I remember I was watching wrestling, and I was in middle school, and my sister, who was in high school, was like, you know, next year when you're in high school, you better quit watching that wrestling. It's not going to, you know, you're going you're gonna to look like an idiot. It made me look like an idiot. And when I got to high school, wrestling <laughs> was so popular. Like, the football team was, like, using the diamond cutter and all this stuff, and it was, like, everyone had NWO shirts, and she was just like, you lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like it, wrestling was so hot. The NWO and WCW was, right. you know, on top right now. This is during that famous '83 week period, but I believe that like the Bret Austin rivalry, rivalry, it's a difficult I, word to say. I want to um, go back to what you said. I can't stand people that do that shit. I mean, like, like 
you grown, you watch wrestling. Like, why you watch wrestling? It's fake and all this other shit. Like all this dumb shit. I'm like, it's like it's entertaining. Just like all that other like sitcoms and soap operas, all that other right. bullshit is entertaining. Like it's yeah, it's good shit. Like I don't yeah. know, man. No, I completely agree. I hate that shit. There is like a like a. No, sorry. That was just, I'm, I got a cold. <laughs> there is kind of like a stigma on why, like wrestling for some <laughs> odd reason. I mean, yeah, it's fake. It's predetermined or whatever you want. Fake is not accurate, but I mean, at the same time, neither is any other show. Right. ER ain't real either. Those aren't real well, doctors. Even George all your Clooney cannot do heart surgery. Shitty ass, like The Bachelorette and like, actually, Bachelorette is pretty cool, but like, like those, those. No, I mean it's entertaining, but it's just yeah, like yeah. it's like people keep watching the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. Like that shit is that's, that's, that's fake just, as hell too. They the bejesus out of it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Jerry Springer wasn't real. Honestly, I'm not just a I'm not a big fan of knocking anybody who's enjoying themselves. You know, like if you're having a good time and it's not hurting anybody else, if, if uh, with like under the realm of okay, it's entertainment. Fine, you know, like if you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, go ahead, man. Do you? You know, if you want to listen to Juggalo music, cool. I, it doesn't hurt me, and you're having fun. And who am I to tell you that you can't have fun in your way? I concur, Bobby. I yeah. mean, like, there's no. What's the point in like shaming somebody for liking something? It, it, yeah. Just, Don't blow out someone else's candle to make yours brighter. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Make somebody's day better, not worse. Little piece of advice from the WrestleManiacs out yeah. there. You know this one's gonna have a lot of heart in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now you know. Ding 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 ding. Hearts and rainbows. Speaking uh, of hearts. Yeah. Oh, well done, Bobby. Yeah, that's it. Bam, bring it up. Segway, baby. So Bret Hart and Steve Austin, the rivalry continued, and I think this is what kind of got WWF back on track. Right? They had been struggling. They were losing to WCW. They started to panic. But this rivalry between Bret and Austin was so good. Yep. That I think it kept more eyes on them. And then after this match, this is kind of solidifying Steve Austin as like the hero. And the, I guess the kind of the common man or every man, he was like the one that's going to tell off his boss and say whatever he thinks. And it kind of, this is the beginning of the, the, the rebirth of WWF, I think. Yeah. Um, Cause until now, well, leading up to now, it was so formulaic, right? Like a baby face had these features. And if you went out of the boundaries of these features, then you're no longer a baby face. You're a heel and vice versa. And it was very black and white. You know, if you're, you know, like the old Westerns where you like the, the good guy wore the, the white cowboy hat and the, the black Bart was the, the bad guy. And it was so easy. And just by looking on the poster, you knew who was what. But now we're getting to an era where it's, you know, the anti-hero. You know, you Steve Austin isn't a, generally a good guy, but he does the right thing, which is, you know, slightly different. There's shades of gray now, and and that which adds more depth to a character. You know, he's not doing it just because it's right, and you know, he said his prayers. He's doing it because he feels it. This is what he's about, and he's gonna go through with it. And he's a man of his word, and that's kind of more interesting to me. And he's he's about him. Like he got to yeah. get his. That's that's why I liked about him. You know what I'm saying? I just liked how like, you know, like you had to like you had to love his character. Like he's so good. Like yeah, he's a bad guy, but he was so good at it. And like yeah, he was saying shit that's relatable. 
like DTA, don't trust anybody, yeah. or I'm gonna kick your like, like there's good people that tell you like I'm gonna beat your ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah. Whatever he said, he did it. You know, he didn't, he didn't ever cower away or back down. So like, it was easy to get behind him, even when he was yeah. doing the more villain character. But he still didn't, you know, like the old school '80s, like get out of the ring and run away if the things weren't going his way and stuff. He did what it took to win, but that gave him believability. And I mean, yeah, that was a yeah. Stone Cold. That people say Stone Cold saves WWF or saves wrestling or something, but I think that I think Bret Hart saved wrestling. <laughs> I think he, yeah. I think he, right. Bret was the one who wanted to work with Stone Cold. He's the one. He the one who told Vince, "I want to work with Stone Cold." Um, Brett's the one who like took that took the L. He took that L as the um, like he won the match, but he turned heel. He he's the one like I think like Brett's the one who passed the torch to Stone Cold. I think Brett is the one who. That's well, a, he, well, he I, I like that. That's a good point. I like the passing of the torch there because at the time, I think that was one of the problems. Uh, WWF yeah. got off track. There was no real torch passed. Oh yeah, and Brett picked it up. I think at least in the fans' eyes for a while there and then they built new stars but still there was just never that moment of really who do you get behind it and now the guy who had been trying to be that hero yes. has turned into a villain and man he was good at it well i mean you think back to like hulk hogan and ultimate warrior if hogan would have just let ultimate warrior do his thing they could have they could have made hogan or ultimate warrior the next guy despite him not being the strongest wrestler you know, if Hogan would not took his piece of the pie, you know, it came out and flexed at the end of Ultimate Warrior matches, I think, you know, because, like, as a kid, we all loved the Ultimate Warrior. He was yeah. exciting. Um, so that's, to me, that's the difference between, like, Brett and Hogan. Brett didn't need all that like Hogan does. He wasn't greedy. I think that's the, the big difference. Brett's not a greedy person. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... You, you know, during the time, like, Brett wanted to be the champion. He wanted, he wanted oh, yeah. to be that guy who could lead the company. He earned it. Yeah, I think he did. Um, yeah, Brett, yeah. Yeah, Vince, Brett saved your company, and you fucked him over later on that year. That was that was some bullshit, man. I'm mad. I'm mad. Yeah, the more, not the more I think about it, the more I'm, I get mad at Vince, and the more I get, like, mad that you let Hogan, like, like you just let Hogan have his way for so many years, and that was just a trash ass era. I don't know, man. <laughs> I was just—you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong at know. all. It's just—it definitely stunned the group. Yeah. I think. Of course, of course. If they would have let everybody, you know, if, if they would ever let everybody progress in a way that they should have, instead of like taking care of Hogan and protecting Hogan all the time, I would wonder what would happen to someone like um, Big Boss Man or Typhoon or it's like any of these giant. You know, uh, Andre the the Giant or King Kong Bundy, like these types of guys, you know, like they all were charismatic, athletic, bigger than life individuals. And they always had to were forced, not that they were in, they were forced into a shadow because that was the business model. Yeah. And that uh, that's just as much on Vince. That's all on Vince. As, I mean, if you hear interviews with Hogan, I think he talks about like, with Piper or somebody who was like, I had no problem, you know, taking a loss. 
I mean, I get it he back. He says that now, he, you, uh, you know. Of course, like the the story, he'd get it back at the end, but that's yeah. like how everything is. But the, 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 the setup was, he, you know, build a monster and then yeah. slay it. Well, they do this during this era, like this the the Attitude Era, where they would let someone like that win, but then like on Raw the next week, you know, you get it back. And I always thought that was cheap, you know, like, but it does show like a progression that they're learning. Like, yeah, this is what the fans want to see, you know? Yeah. It's okay to let a bad guy have the belt and have somebody chase him. I think this is a big area where they find out that the hero chasing is. Yeah. They did that a lot with the whole Austin and, uh, McMahon feud, like, like that, like that, like the, like, like Austin chasing the title, like when he lost it in that triple threat match and like breakdown 98 and then they went to, and then his his whole role to getting the belt back, that was like, that was like some of, like W that was some of WWE's like best shit, like yeah, the best really stuff all day. That that like, and not just like Austin's, and not just the Austin storyline, but all the other storylines yeah. in it too, like the. Yeah, they, they, they started Everything. building up so many more characters. Yeah. Like, you know, the jobber good. matches, or like the enhancement matches, um, where they, they would have a guy, like a local guy, come out and face somebody who had a like a character or kind of gone now, and it's everybody is somebody. So the show on Monday Monday Night Raw is, like, more entertaining. They're, they're starting to build up factions. Now that, like, they're... One of the one of the biggest heroes is a bad guy, and the anti-hero Austin is kind of given free will to say what he wants, pretty much. Because that's when like things changed a lot. Like Austin pretty much had to, I guess, to a degree. I'm sure there was some kind of management of what he could say, but they just kind of gave him the mic, and it's not that way anymore. But yeah. we're not talking about now. We're talking about '97 and how this match changed everything. But I think it. It caught WWF up real quick, this rivalry, because it was it felt real. And that's what the NWO, that's how they got WCW over so quickly, because they were doing like the first time you saw backstage shots, people getting beat up with baseball bats. Yeah. And it was a combination of like the, what is, like, you know, it really lets you suspend your disbelief for like a longer period of time, I guess. I, I totally agree, because before it was like, the bad guy would come in and attack Hogan. And that's this one guy. These, you know, Hall and Nash come in, they attacked the company. They were taking over the announce table. They were taking over every aspect of the show. And we've never seen anything like that. That was incredible. So I think this is like their first, like, switching back to Austin, like, him, he starts doing some, something similar, you know, like. It's unpredictable. Unpredictable. And stuff we haven't seen before. And getting arrested and like bending over backwards and giving like the the audience the finger in Canada yeah. that was amazing, and that's like shortly after this like the next Raw after the Mania was when Bret Hart came on and told all the American fans that I've tried to be your hero and you didn't want that so now you can all everybody in America coast to coast can kiss my ass, and they start this. Canada, or basically the rest of the world versus America rivalry. Where, uh, man, I'm having a hard time with that word today, right? Yeah, it's a hard one. <laughs> but Austin is like the superhero in the in America, and then Brett becomes like this hero in every other country, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, all the countries that hate us, you know. And there's a lot of 
<laughs> that was like the first time I realized it's like a, that like America like was disliked by so many other countries. Right. During, like this taught me a lot about the world. But uh, uh, Bret Hart starts to get together the Hart Foundation again. So they have Hart Foundation version two, which is like the whole family. Um, Owen and Brett are now friends because, you know, villains get along. Uh, uh, Davy Boy's with Owen. Brett kind of settles their disagreement, so they the, remain the champions. Jim Neidhart comes back, and then Brian Pillman joins up because he trained in Canada, so he's friends with the Hearts. They, they, I loved this group, and they did so much with it, with, like, messing with Austin, interfering with matches. Like, Bret Hart had, like, knee surgery and couldn't wrestle for months, but he was still on TV, and it was still entertaining as hell yeah. because Austin would try to get him, and he's sitting in that wheelchair trying to wheel away and stuff, and, like, the Hart Foundation would always get in the way. Yeah, I don't think a Hart Foundation, like, as a as a click or as a, as a stable doesn't get its due. Like, it was, like you said, like, it was, during this time, they were just as influential as the NWO. I just don't think they did as many, I don't know, it, like I, I just don't. It know. wasn't around as long as some of the other groups, so I think it gets overlooked sometimes. Okay, but I but I agree. It's one. I, if I could, if you want to pick a team of like pick a team, like that is a great group. Yeah. And Brian Pillman, you know, he passed away so quickly, but man, he was in his prime during this moment. You all right? Sorry. No, I'm all right. <clears throat> I was trying to call while I was laughing. Um, <laughs> so Brian Pillman was in his prime. I loved like this loose cannon character. Oh yeah. Because, uh, I mean, if you break down NWO, it gets to the point where they have, like, Scott Norton in there. Like, okay, like, you're <laughs> – not everybody can be in the NWO. They're like, this was, like, a perfect group. It all made sense why everybody was in there, and they all did their part. And, like, I mean, I know Brett was a leader. Cool, every group needs a leader, but everybody seemed to, to serve a purpose. And in the NWO, you didn't really have that. You had, like, Hogan – you had the three main guys, and then – you know, the others, you know, like the background people. So I, I didn't see the, the big appeal of that. I mean, I do, I did love the NWO when it first started. It still do like that. That was some crazy shit, but like they just needed the three, you know, this one, how many, like five dudes and they all, they all worked well together Yeah, and it made sense. And, and it storyline wise made sense. Yeah. And it, and I think this was like like having like this bigger group against the the guy who doesn't have any friends, right? Yeah. It gave him like this big, this powerful faction to fight against, which he would then soon be the company itself, right? Right. Uh, but I, you know, this rivalry really established what it set everything up for the McMahon Stone Cold situation, where one yeah. person has all the power and can surround himself with everything, and the other guy's just on his own but he ain't scared of shit. Right. So uh, they had a rematch in like the in your house the next month. And of course there was like interference. And then the big, one of my favorite Mac shows of all time was like that Canadian stampede because like the crowd was so into it. Like they had the parades for the heart foundation yeah. and stuff. And like the, the whole city, like I was listening to something recently kind of going back and thinking about it. They had like 8,000 people show up for an autograph signing for like Owen bulldog and Brett. Yeah. 8,000 people. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, they can't even sell that many tickets for a house show now. No. You know, I mean, it's crazy yeah. uh, how popular these guys were and how big, the, and how big this was getting, right? I mean, it was amazing. I just, it changed how WWF worked and felt 
it, it, there was multiple things happening, and I just loved like the Stone Cold trying to get at Brett and Brett calling Pittsburgh the asshole of America. And <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That was great. <laughs> Brett can be funny when he wants to because he's so dry, you know. Yeah. I thought, yeah, everybody talks about it, you know, and he even mentions like his promos weren't that great. Like during this time, this, there was some. I mean, he was on fire. I thought. Well, it's like an improv trick like I don't, I don't want to call it a trick but it's an improv uh technique like as soon as you know your character you know your character's want that's also an acting one as soon as you know your character and your character's want it's easy to speak in that character so at this time he had a clear want he had a clear vision like it was all just plug and play after that right hmm. yeah i never thought about it that way but yeah and it dip, and i think you know turning it into the villain really helped Develop the hitman character too. Yeah. You know, he went. He was a villain with Jim Neidhart way back when, but like he like wrestling and everything. Everything he did in the ring, the figure four on the ring post and everything was just so was just perfect. And, and not to not call it Nash because there's two of my favorite, but like you saw, you know, WrestleMania one. Where was Brett? You know, like he was there, but he wasn't. You know, he doesn't win a, a WrestleMania match until like far into like God was it. I can't even think of his first WrestleMania win, but he he loses. He like he gets thrown out of the ring a lot. <laughs> yeah, and like you see him develop into this guy who becomes a threat, and then you know builds his own thing. So I, to me, that's that's interesting as well because like he came from nowhere. He's earned everything he's got. No wonder why he has this chip on his shoulder because he has clawed and digged his way up to the top, and he's not going to lose it. Yeah. I mean, it made it, yeah. It was it was believable. It was extremely believable. And yeah, there's, there's I mean, there's so much to talk about with like the, just that rivalry. I mean, it could be it's just as good as anything they've done ever, as far as, especially with just two wrestlers like yeah. Um, because there was no long term thing like that in the Hogan era or the the uh, what was it what we were calling it the uh, occupation era where everybody had <laughs> every gimmick was like a job um, because the villains would get crushed you know and then when Yoko had the belt for a while you could have maybe developed something but they had him in Luger but that yeah. didn't really work out uh, when the crowd wanted Brett because he had like you said he had earned it and the crowd thought that he was their guy because they watched him from the beginning and rooted for him and then he kept coming up the ladder and now there's multiple guys at the top but like honestly like Bret Hart and Steve Austin are main eventing a lot of pay-per-views and they don't even have the belt you know the title match is like somewhere in the middle of the show because everyone just wants to see Bret and Austin get at each other yeah this is the era like where the belt becomes more of a prop than it than a I don't know than a heightening device you know what I'm saying like like, what is Hogan without the belt? You know? Uh, he's still Hulk Hogan. Yeah. But he's not as, I don't know. I, Brett, because of where he came from and everything he's done in that ring, he looks like a legitimate badass. Which he is, like a legitimate badass. Like, that dude can wrestle. You know? Uh, Hulk has a Hulk out. There, There's a difference. Like, he's not really wrestling that great. He just has a, like... <laughs> I don't know a spiritual. He, he, he just he's just a big guy yeah. and has a a look and that then, Vince likes when Brett really can wrestle and he like he puts in work in the ring, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so did Austin. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah but 
Yeah, Brett. Brett saves the company. <laughs> he I, saved it. He saved wrestling. He like he elevated wrestling. Bret Hart did it. I think this Stone Cold did it too. But Brett, Brett. I mean, was, yeah. I mean, Stone Cold took the torch. Yeah, Stone, so I mean, I mean, Stone Cold like he Stone Cold elevated it, but it wasn't. He wasn't done without Brett. Brett. Oh, absolutely. The, Brett sparked that bitch, man. That was. I think that's what makes their 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 uh, feud so interesting, too, is. When we first see Austin, when he's like the taskmaster or whatever, ringmaster, ringmaster, taskmaster, <laughs> my bad. Uh, he's he's very much wrestles in the style of Bret Hart, you know. Like uh, they both use a Russian leg sweep, and they both have that middle rope elbow that looks the exact. It's same. all chain wrestling. Then then uh, then Austin gets hurt, and now he's a he's more of a brawler. So now you have brawler versus chain wrestler, you know, like technique versus. You know, someone who does no technique, but also can just scrap. So, as far as choreography of a match, that's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, it, it really opened up a lot of different ways to tell the story. You exactly. Know? It, yeah, there's just I mean, so many good things, and like, it, of course, Austin like gets his neck injured during this time, which is which is unfortunate. And, you know, Brett, like, there was a lot of guys on the shelf, but they were still able to be on TV. And keep continuing the story, and you know there wasn't if WWF and Bret Hart could have like not had the Montreal screw job. I mean, that could have been your main event for the next WrestleMania, easily. I mean that their that their story was not done, yeah, any way, shape, or form. Oh, they could have been going back and forth for years. Oh yeah, forever. Yeah. You know, getting Bret back on the side of America that would have been an interesting way to figure that one out, but. Because, I mean, he was hated. <laughs> he was yeah. hated. I think that's always been, like, my favorite storylines. When you think someone paid themselves in a corner, like, how could you possibly get back from that? And then they do. And who do you, oh. you think fans hate him, American fans hate him more? Bret Hart or Rocky Maivia? <laughs> 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 uh, wow. Oh, that's, a, that's a hard. Uh, Rocky Maivia. I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like, true hate. Yeah. True hate. hate. <laughs> it was a hair. The Nation of Domination got kind of redone in this year too. That's when, and then The Rock came back shortly, like towards the end of this year, as The Rock, which was fantastic. Yeah, man, I just love his reasoning. Like, like, like Rocky sucks, die, Rocky die. Like that's the, and that's when he started getting fans when he did that shit. Yeah, yeah, because he, he became real. You know, yeah. He, you know, no one wanted to be told to drink a glass of milk and have a good night's sleep to be a good boy. You know, people wanted to see what real reactions, and. This was the like the, in my opinion, like this was like the first main storyline that felt real, in the WWF. Like they wanted and, to, they wanted to kill each other. Mm-hmm. When I saw this, I was like deep. I, I, I thought I, they really I, hated each other. Yeah, yeah, I thought they yeah. When in actuality, they <laughs> Brett really hated Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They hated each other, but that's another know. rivalry for another time, I guess. Definitely. But guys, this has been fun. Oh, it's, it's fun. my favorite time of year in wrestling. It's Royal Rumble season, my favorite pay per view, and we're going to watch that coming up here shortly. So, WrestleManiacs, until next time, I'm Alex Ketchum. Bob Wick. Jake Russell. And we'll be going for the leg. Hold up now before you go. We here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So, we want to hear your feedback, we want to hear your stories your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook or 
You can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.